0: I-V-M. Hi, welcome to a show about crypto with Rohan Joshi. As you may have guessed from the title, my name is About Crypto. Uh, We've talked a lot about crypto over the last couple of episodes. We have covered everything from what is a Bitcoin and we've got all the way to what are wallets and how you store crypto. Today, my guest is Roshan from Gosats.io. And Roshan, welcome to the show. I have brought you here to talk about the dark underbelly of crypto, Gosh, and We're here today to talk about hacks and scams in the cryptoverse because here we have this technology that is supposed to be secure, that's supposed to be encrypted, that is supposed to be all of those things. But as we have found over the decade or so of its existence, it has been vulnerable to certain things, and these things, I'm going to divide them for the purposes of this episode into hacks and scams because they're obviously separate things. And I'm going to start straight off with a very simple question, roshan How do I steal someone's crypto? <laughs> uh, thanks
1: for having me, uh, Rohan. Um, so, I mean, that, 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 that's a very generic question. Um, so, um, I mean, like there are, there are so many different ways, right? Like, I mean, the the biggest ways for a user to be careless. I mean, I I think that's the most easiest. Way for someone to kind of like steal
0: your crypto? Uh, I just leave my private keys around, and there goes my crypto, basically.
1: No, no. The, the problem is that people don't even know what private keys are. You know, like oh, they just wow. store it. They just store it on the exchanges. It is they, they. probably don't have two-factor authentication enabled, and someone just logs into their account and just, or right. even the phone. You know, it, their crypto is just secured by the phone passcode. So we have so right. many cases. i mean, like, I, I know a few of our friends as well that got that got the crypto stolen because of these mechanics. And, and this is where, you know, crypto has kind of like, crypto needs to improve a bit. Where it's, uh, I mean, okay. for a layman, for a layman, like, you know, it's it's extremely difficult to securely store your crypto. And if you gets stolen, who do, who do you go and ask for? Like, so there's exactly. nobody, right? So, uh, I mean, like, so I'm, I'm really hoping for exchange trade funds, like down the line, uh, because once that becomes live, then people can actually like hold crypto without actually holding crypto.
0: So okay. can, can you, can you a, explain that? Can you explain that a little bit to me?
1: Yeah so like the like the Winklevoss twins and a few others are trying to go behind this thing called Bitcoin ETFs in New York right. like how we have gold ETFs and all that so they want to get this exchange rate funds for, for Bitcoin and other major cryptos and um, yeah so in in that once that once that is approved by the SEC people can start buying crypto without actually like buying crypto so tech, uh, we, right. I mean you're yeah, better actually holding crypto like like if you buy in the, in the gold ETF you know you, you don't hold gold you just hold the so ownership that that you all, uh, that you allocate this much of gold, uh-huh. so and that would enable a lot of people to enter this entire ecosystem because then there's no concept of private keys and storage and things like that. Sure. But again, the the beauty of the beauty of Bitcoin and other major cryptos is that you get complete control of your own keys of your of own course. software, and if people are te- people are technical enough. I think that's the best way to store it: this this it and keep it with you and don't trust anybody else.
0: Don't trust anybody else is a good motto in life in general. I feel. Uh, so, <laughs> so there's there's two so there's two ways of looking at it, right. One is where I could get hacked, as in my private personal wallet or my private personal crypto taken off my phone. Another trend that seems to have dogged the crypto space for the last decade or so is hacks that happen at the exchange level, where entire exchanges are getting hit could you could you throw some light on things like say for what happened with uh, gox or what happened with say bitfloor or binance just to explain how these exchanges which which again i'm guessing as a layperson you think the exchange knows what it's doing the exchange is the secure place but then these exchanges go out there and get hacked how did something like that happen
1: yeah i mean uh, I, I i think gox i mean one day probably this will be a case in many in many, in many books uh, and Gox is what kicked off this entire thing about Bitcoin and hacks and stuff like that. So, I mean, um, so so Gox was, I mean, uh, like, like, like I was reading a little bit upon it. And I, I, in fact, I met a security engineer in San Francisco a few days, a few years uh, uh, before. And uh, he was recruited to check into the entire systems of Gox. So uh, for those right. that are not familiar, like, like Gox was hacked for over $450 million. There were actually two acts. The first was like two 2,000 BTC and and after and after that hack happened uh, this person was recruited to see like what happened and all, and all the stuff and uh, i also just like question, to clarify
0: for our listeners that uh, sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you roshan but i just like to clarify yeah. for our listeners that the gox hack was i think almost a decade ago now uh, it is one yeah. of the first sort of big hacks that read, happened Yeah. 2012. Yeah, so that yeah. was one of the first. So, yeah. so I just also want to point out that when uh, Roshan says 2,000 Bitcoin, he's talking about a time yeah. where Bitcoin uh, was not worth what it is today. So, 2,000 Bitcoin hack was not as terrifying, but still terrifying. Uh, now that we've given them that context, Roshan, please go ahead. So after that
1: happened, uh, was like, like like this guy had to go and like uh, audit the entire systems, and and he came up to a conclusion is just carelessness because the founder Mark Karpeles was more of a technical guy and and he wasn't that good at his job and a lot of private keys and, and stuff like that weren't encrypted and they were right. just stored in like re, in regular database and if you're a financial institution like i, I think at that time gox was doing like 70 percent of all bitcoin volume in the world and uh, oh, wow. and, that, and a lot of the services there wasn't even version like uh, like the techies would understand that why version control is extremely important for softwares, and uh, they take and, and and the gox employees did not even do version uh, control for their software, so this was a huge uh, pain point and, and hackers gained access to the systems. They I mean like uh, the they, the API keys where they store the they store the funds in the hot wallet, and they just logged in and they just uh, like withdrew all the all the cryptos. So this was like a huge uh, it was a huge problem like for everybody. And, and that was the time where I kind of like got to hear about Bitcoin in those early stages. And so when right. so when I go into when I go into crypto, I'm like oh what is this? This is like crazy like. This is an unsafe place. <laughs> yeah, it's so terrifying. <laughs> yeah, like for a lot of new people that enter, right? They they, they read things like this. It's extremely terrifying. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, this is, like this I mean, is
0: also one of those. This is also one of those philosophical things where it's like for the layperson. If if the thing that sometimes boggles my mind is if if the layperson knew sometimes just how flimsily they're and I'm not just talking about the crypto space. I'm talking about in general. So many financial institutions that we take for granted. If if the layperson knew sometimes just how flimsy their layers of protection that their money have is, I don't know if they'd sleep well at night because I feel like this mirrors, I remember when the app explosion happened even in the non-crypto space, right? Today when it was apps like Zomato, Swiggy, etc. There were all these horror stories coming out of passwords and accounts being stored on unsecured Excel sheets and things like that, which was just super easy for people to access. So, uh, this is just a warning. Uh, you, should, you, you know how, how you look at adults when you grow up and you're like, wow, adults have no idea what they're doing. You should also have that healthy skepticism about uh, where your money is going sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, 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 you couldn't have said that better. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and this sort, of kept, this sort of kept going at the exchange level where, you know, there's been, like, like Binance has been hacked and Coincheck has yes. been hacked, which I think was, what, the largest hack, uh, if I'm yes. not mistaken. In Man. the exchange
1: scene, I guess, but I think I think the largest was his DeFi platform, right? What was his name? Uh, Poly Network, something like that. Six hundred yes, million Poly dollars. Poly Network.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. So what happened say, then? The what F- happened then? Out- yeah, I mean, so I, so I, I mean, this was, I think you do a buggy smart contract where someone where someone put a backdoor into the into the contract, and they would do like seven hundred million dollars worth of Poly Network tokens. I mean, uh, we don't know. I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. We don't know because the funds came back eventually. Like the hacker mm-hmm. was was nice enough to kind of like send send all the funds back. Uh but nice uh, <laughs> enough. What a nice battle. Nice in- wow. <laughs> uh, I mean like the, the world got to know what Paul Network after the hack. Like before the hack hardly anybody really knew what what that blockchain was. So what so I mean, you, you used things.
0: you used my favorite phrase in the world, Roshan. You said conspiracy theories. Now you have to tell me what these <laughs> conspiracy theories are. You use my favorite <laughs> phrase in the universe. Now you have to explain what these conspiracy uh, theories are.
1: Yeah, I mean, tech, basically, like it's it was some sort of an inside job, and you know, like uh, like people just trying like <laughs> people that have access to the access to the funds, what they just took it out just to give it back later on. Um, I mean, that was one of the things was I was floating a lot, but but honestly, like if you look if you look too deeply into it, at, at, the, at the state that we are in right now with crypto being so big, even if you hack something, what do you really do with the funds? You can't really cash it out because I mean, to cash it, you need you need like a good exchange to handle that kind of volumes. Sure. And all the ma- all the major exchanges would have would have kind of like flagged that particular address from where the funds would come from, so they sure. so they would be instantly instantly be able to catch who the hacker is. Um, so uh, I think I think that person would have. I mean, if it wasn't the conspiracy theory, I think that person would have realized that you know there's there, there's no going after. And Paul right. never even mentioned that they want they want to sue the person if they return back, uh, whatever was stolen. Um, so I think that seems a good probable explanation as to what uh, could have happened.
0: We are in conversation with Roshan about scams and hacks in crypto. And we will continue this conversation right on the other side of this very short break. And we are back to a show about crypto where we are in conversation with Roshan about scams and hacks in cryptocurrency. So in most financial crimes, when a crime occurs, what a lot of investigators will say, and this is my experience from just whatever little basic reading I've done is, they'd be like, uh, you try and follow the money to sort of find the perpetrators, right? You try and follow the money. So in, in the crypto space, where on the one hand, you have this blockchain where every single transaction is noted, but also at the same time, the space that promises decentralization and anonymity, how does an investigator follow the money? Because my understanding is, while in certain earlier hacks, the money wasn't recovered, we've seen a pattern of certain money coming back in hacks that have happened recently. So how in a space like this, where how, how do investigators follow the money, um, and try and get that money back in a space like this or broader question, then how after a hack can a network return money to people?
1: Yeah. I mean, two great questions. So, I mean, in, in the, in the first part, it's, it's see, uh, the, the way crypto functions, it's, it's an extremely difficult task to conflict-trace, kind like to trace transactions, but it's not impossible. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that every major, even Mt. Gox as well, the so some of the Bitcoin were, were, were returned. Mm-hmm. Not the entire amount, but some of them were able to track and return. And uh, and there was a new CoinFloor hack as well. They were able to track, it was two brothers that kind of like did the hack. Um, okay. So so ideally, like, like I mean, it's, it's it's a long process. You kind of like see, because uh, the one thing good about blockchain is that it's transparent and anybody can make it. You, you, you can't forge transactions. So every single transaction that has happened, there's no name associated to an address, but it but that address actually belongs to someone, and you can see the entire trace of where of, of, of the origin and the and the final destination.
0: Okay. And right.
1: and, and, and and a lot of investigators they, they, they would work with a lot of exchanges and and try to see like if has this transaction been transferred to your exchange, or whatever. So that's how they kind of like build a trace, and then there are like uh, a lot of tools. Um, I think. Uh, I'm not getting the name on the top of my head right now, but there are these uh, crypto forensic tools that right. that that can they, can they can kind of like track all the transactions happening in the globe. So when I so, uh, a, a short story, like I was working at Unocoin, one of the Indian exchanges, like about six years ago, right. and I was tasked with building a, a fraud detection system for the exchange, and when we were working with this uh, company uh, again, <laughs> which the name I'm kind of like forgetting, but uh, but this. But this company has a list of every single fraud fraudulent address and transaction in the world, because because at that time Silk Road, uh, if for a lot of, yeah, uh, of uh, listeners are not familiar like it was one of the major, like it it, it it was a dark web platform, and at that time, like uh, a lot of fiction had to had, had to uh, take steps to ensure that transactions from Silk Road were not uh, coming to these exchanges. So right. so so this software kind of like it flags all these different and tells you like, hey, this address does belong to this. This so-and-so uh, uh, platform. And then as a, as a security company, as an exchange, you can kind of like flag those transactions. Ah, so there's this company called Merkle Science right now, which does the okay. pretty much the exact same thing. And they've been even working with FBI as well for for some sort of the hacks. So they have an entire database of all the different transactions that has happened. And they can kind of like give you an indication as to what could have happened uh, with the funds. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's still a long task, but I definitely think that uh, uh, stuff like this can happen. And regarding the second part, like how do you kind of like reimburse, right? I I, I think the best example has been with Bitfinex. Like I think Bitfinex was also hacked for like a few hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars, and then and then I mean they did a very nice and innovative way where they they created their own token, you know? Uh, okay. They created their own token. It was called I think it was called Phoenix token or something like that, and okay. they gave that to the public. So they were like, you know, see, we don't have the Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I think it was Bitcoin ETH and doors that was hacked, and then I like, see we don't have these funds. But uh, we'll give you these tokens, and uh, and then they, and and then the users started trading these tokens, and that became of certain value. It lasted for like three years, and within three years, Bitfinex was able to pay back all its clients oh, using wow. that uh, token. And, and and after they were and after they paid them back, they just put a halt to the token, and now it doesn't exist. So that was a really nice way for them to uh, for them to do that.
0: That's quite cool. And okay, so it's good to know that these forensic tools exist. And it's also good to know that uh, the next spin-off of the CSI franchise is just going to be four guys poring over yeah. computers, trying to look at smart contracts and see what happened. Uh, that should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I want to move now from, I feel like I've understood uh, the hacks part of it. And before we move into scams, uh, I'd just like to summarize in case I've gotten anything wrong, uh, please feel free to jump in and correct me. Um, yes, cryptocurrency is extremely secure, but... If, if it's badly managed at the human end and there isn't enough sort of checks and balances and authentication at the human end, that does leave people's individual wallets and keys and as well as exchanges vulnerable. That said, there are forensic tools and registers and means to, just because of the way the blockchain works, find a roadmap to that money and then sort of potentially give that money back to investors. Those are the hacks. Now we come to it, the slightly ickier side of it, which is just straight up scams. This is something that I've also personally seen in the last few years that I've been following the crypto space, which is where a new sort of coin offering will be announced. There'll be a lot of hype around it. Uh, the promoters will talk themselves up, and then you wake up the next morning and the promoters and the money's just gone. Uh so so could you explain could you explain to me what. Some of the scams that have happened over the last few years, some really big ones, and uh, take it from there. Yeah, I mean there are, there are like plenty
1: of them, right? I mean, like uh, I mean, like I, I think the first scam that I was kind of like familiar with was something called OneCoin, and it is a bank. It okay. was an like, India-based <laughs> India-based scam. Uh, so uh, these guys were trying to push themselves, and I and I've seen them in so many different conferences across India. So uh, I mean, uh, so a lot of these people like they kind of like bank on the fact of what. Bitcoin has achieved, and Ethereum has achieved over the years, and they're trying to push themselves the next thing. So, a lot of a lot of new investors in, in crypto are quite gullible, and I mean, right. we've all been gullible, like, like uh, be, be guilty, as this space.
0: guilty as charged, guilty as charged.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and and then they get so fascinated, and and, and 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 even if some of them are not scams, right? Like I will tell you, like because scams are like if someone is starting a project with with, with the utmost intent to scam people. But some, but some projects don't do that. Some projects are like, you know, I want to be the next Bitcoin. Like, you know, I can get fast transaction times. Yeah. I can be more secure. But then the market doesn't respond to them in that way, right? <laughs> and then, they, and then the kind of the founders say like, okay, I'm leaving the project right now, and you guys keep a bunch of your tokens and bag hold them, and and then they just kind of exit. So a lot, a lot, a lot of users have been uh, scammed in this in in this uh, way. And, uh, I think, I, I think the best way to kind of like counter this is, is, is diligence and, and we, as and we, uh, as part of this community have to do a lot to help, uh, help people. Like and, and I think like, even like with, the, with your podcast as well, something extremely important so that people understand as to what's happening. because this space is only going to get bigger, right? Like, True. I mean, like yeah. we have more, we have, we have more crypto traders in like the past, what, three or four years. Than, oh yeah. That we've had stock traders in like ten years, right? and and, so, and it's uh, also
0: and it's also interesting, right? Because I think what happened with crypto is because there's so much enthusiasm and there's so much um, this sort of <clears throat> zeal that comes from people going, this is new, this is different from the old financial way. What. What really scares me about crypto is how many young people I see putting their money into crypto, right? Yeah. Uh, these are people who are putting down money for what will be their first house. So this is first job money or second job yeah. money. And then it breaks my heart. These are not mature investors. These are not say, seasoned investors. Um, so so the allure of, uh, oh, you're telling me 30%, 40%, 50% returns uh, is huge. Yeah. Which, which sort of brings me to my next crypto jargon question, which is, could you please tell us what a rug pull is? and how investors can avoid a um, rug pull.
1: Yeah. Uh, basically, the, the way I was saying, like, where, where people get enticed into buying this new token thinking and that is an expecting, right? They, and they all hoard money onto it. This this new new ICO. It's so amazing. I'm like, yeah. guilty as charged. Like, I've been involved in some of this crap like years ago. Like, the, the good thing about, about crypto is that it teaches you the hard way. And I think humans learn yeah. best the hard way. School of hard knocks, <laughs> Max. <laughs> yeah, so the, I mean, this 2016, 2017, the ICO hype, I mean, there are a lot of these, uh, these pull stuff, uh, scams going around. So we just kind of like put a lot of money into it, uh, thinking that is the next uh, big thing. And then what happens is that, uh, so the thing about like, uh, these tokens is that for, the first thing is that they get some huge advisors, you know, oh, nice. this big name is over here and this person is backing it. I think, I think Vitalik was one of the biggest, was one of the most sought out persons uh, during this phase. Every every ERC twenty token built on Ethereum wanted to have Vitalik as an advisor, and, right. uh, and like even even tokens like Omai's Go, which wasn't really a rock pool token at the time, you know, but then mm-hmm. it kind of like became one because its okay. useless right now and a lot of money people have invested thinking that it's Vitalik's Vitalik had officially spoken about it right. and stuff like that. So uh, so a lot of these people kind of like put money into all this and then it just the founders just go away, and 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 th- and that's where decentralization matters, right? Even if the core team goes away, the com- the community has to has to support the project and it has to go and right. has to go with it, and and that's why I feel like you know, I mean it's it's great to be a crypto guy, but you need to understand what you're getting into. This this space is filled with scams, and and this is what make is making it difficult for regulators to regulate the space because right. there is so much stuff happening, so, right? And 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 for a newbie, I would say like just stick to Bitcoin, Ethereum, and possibly a so something else. I don't know, like if you if you huh. take the if you take a two hundred number of coin, you might become rich overnight. But at what at what cost?
0: This is this so is true. That that's actually very sound advice. Uh, and, and for anybody who's listening, yeah, if you are getting into this, I would one hundred percent recommend uh, your first money going into the slightly better known and stable coins. Use those as the cost of education before you start yeah. playing around. In the less, basically in in the less regulated depths of the pool, let's just call it that. And since you mentioned regulation, what what I'd like to ask you is what kind of regulations in such a decentralized world? what kind of regulations, what can regulators or what kind of regulations be built into the network to... I mean, you can't prevent rug pulls, right? In the same way that today, nowhere in this, like you can't prevent a company from basically going public and then potentially just running off with your money um, eventually, right? Like for every successful IPO, there's going to be a scam IPO. But what sort of regulations can we put in place to at least make sure this happens less? Is that even a possibility? Or do we just have to accept that this is the other side of the crypto coin? All we can do is be careful.
1: That's a very interesting question. Like I've been pondering over the question for years, you know, I mean,
0: like, uh, the latter oh, that's part, fine. Like maybe, you just, you just need a 120 <laughs> second answer. That's fine. You know I mean? If you could just compress your years <laughs> worth of pondering into 120 <laughs> seconds, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, um,
1: yeah, I mean, see, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's easy for us to say like, this is the way it has to be. It has to be accepted the way it is, but I don't think, uh, <laughs> that it fit well with regulators. From what from what I see, it is you. You cannot put regulations on the on the protocol level. Like it's okay. it's, it's not. It's, I don't think it's really possible.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, what they can do is they can regulate exchanges and centralized services. Uh, to me, and I think, and I think that will be a great first step. Uh, just get the exchanges to make sure that everything is followed properly, and and everything is like you know to the books, um, and flag all the different addresses and stuff like that. So there are some places, some cities where. Uh, where, where where regulators regulators have kind of like asked exchanges to not allow withdrawal of crypto. You know, you right. only buy and sell. I think I think that's even with PayPal as well, uh, it's doing that. It's just only buy and sell you can't withdraw. I right. personally am not a supporter of that. Because then it kind of it defeats the entire purpose. I mean, like you're trusting a third party and you'll always trust a third party which which yeah, Bitcoin, Bitcoin was created, that wasn't the reason. Like was, the reason was to keep control of your funds.
0: Yeah, fair.
1: Um but, uh, but yeah I mean uh I, I honestly think the first step is kind of to, to regulate exchanges in a you in, in a, in a in a proper manner and uh, right. and, and make sure that they are, they are compliant with all the tech that is that is necessary
0: right okay so that's one sort of starting point there um, the second thing is just in terms of if since we did mention new investors since we did mention all of those things what is some reading or sort of scoping out the lay of the land that you can do before you invest in, say, a new coin offering or before you invest in the new thrilling DeFi offering that's out there. What, what are, say, two or three simple things that investors can do in terms of background checks before they do that? And again, while while 100% accepting that there is no way this is going to be a foolproof system and you could still get scammed, just what some stuff I could do.
1: Um, I I think the the website is an extremely important key into something like this to see and and the white paper like many of them just put white papers and just let it go, mm-hmm. and I would say like do not rush into into buying these pre sale tokens, you know it's okay I mean if you if you really if you're really in it for making money like buy it in the second or a third round, mm-hmm. uh, see first see how the project is performing like don't just rush and put in money. And uh, because a lot of tokens, they, they raise money in the pre-sale and then they just exit. And then you're right. just, it's just over. Everything is over. They make a beautiful website, a great white paper, but that's it. Like, that's the end of the story. So yeah. I'd say like, you know, just research it all, like read a little bit of on the team and just wait. Uh, and then like, once you feel like, yes, the, you need to be personally attached to the project. Once you feel, wow, this is really good, doing well, then you start putting in money. Until then, if you want, if you want to be into crypto, there are so many other established tokens. Like yeah. be in them, invest in them. And later, on, once you feel that yes, you are, you understand how the how, how all this works, then you put money into something that you feel that you you you, you can trust.
0: Got it. So, if you want to eventually be the Rakesh Junjunwala of crypto, please start <laughs> off as the like opposite of rakesh junjunwala just start off with like this assumption and humility that you know nothing and work your way up to rajesh Jhun, rakesh junjunwala uh, not Rajesh junjunwala who we don't know about today because rajesh junjunwala did not invest well so that's why we've never heard of rajesh junjunwala um, so when in, when you can always be rakesh not rajesh uh, I, I, have, I have one final question before i let you go roshan uh, my colleague kashyap has in all caps just shouted bit connect and he's given me no further <laughs> context. So, uh, Roshan, please tell me about BitConnect.
1: Wow, I mean, <laughs> yeah, thats that is, I—I I, I think the biggest scam ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I, yeah, I—I—I I, I know so many people that got scammed in that. I mean, 2016, 17 phase, so many people. I mean, tell me more. Yeah, I mean, this some some sort of a project uh, that I mean, you know, a, a pretty well-known founder that's behind it. And they were trying to rip off Bitcoin into trying to create this uh, new different token. And uh, yeah, they, and it, they took a lot of money from people. And the token farmed, I think it pumped like thousand percent or something in like a few days. And which and a lot more people came into it. And then the founders just exited with the money. But I think they were also caught recently. I'm not sure about
0: that. Well, Rory, uh, yeah. happy ending to that story.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of stuff like this, you know, a lot of stuff like this.
0: That's amazing. Uh, All right, then before we go, I'd just like to sum up. uh, We talked about uh, hacks earlier. Uh, One way to know about scams is be careful in what coins you're investing in. If you're a new investor, uh, don't go for the super alluring new coin that has absolutely no sort of background or time in the market because you have no idea if that's going to be around two days from now or not. You do not have the experience uh, to be able to make that judgment call. So stick with stable coins and things like that. In terms of regulation at this point, It's a slight hands-up-in-the-air situation because what really do you do in a situation like that? So exchanges do have to be better about it. And overall, just be careful with your crypto. Be careful with your private keys. Be careful where you store that information. Be careful with hot wallets. Be careful with what exchanges you trust. Be careful with all of those things. And uh, for that slightly terrifying but very illuminating chat, Roshan, thank you so much. I know that you have a very busy day today. You're joining us all the way from Dubai where you're at a conference if I'm not mistaken. And you've taken the time yes. to be here with us today. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been very informative and I think we're all going to be significantly more cautious from here on out. That's it from us today on a show about crypto. We will see you next week with another episode where hopefully it will be a little less doom and gloom uh, in the subject. And that's about it. Thank you so much, Roshan. Have a great day.
1: Thanks, thanks, Roshan. Thanks,